Are either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. Twas a couple weeks before Christmas, and I'll tell you what, not much was stirring. <laughs> at the movie theaters. Not much at all. I don't remember a week as quiet as this, but uh, there are a few things to talk about, plus some nominations just came out this week that we'll talk about that as well. Uh, welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com, and the Screening Room is sponsored by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. With a 70-foot-wide ultra screen featuring Dolby Atmos surround sound and Dream Lounger recliners. So we've got a few, three limited-release movies to talk about this week. Nothing opening in wide release at, no. at the multiplexes. Just waiting for uh, next week and then especially the week after. Yeah, next We're, couple of weeks there's a ton. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that they're still letting the Thanksgiving movies kind of, you know, yeah. wear out their welcome. Yeah, Creed 2 and uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet still doing well. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's what they're going to coast on. But a few limited release indies to talk about. We'll start with the story of a sole African-American man attending an otherwise all-white weekend of drunken bro debauchery on a birthday trip to a cabin in the Catskills. It's called Tyrell. I really appreciate you having me. No, man, a friend of Johnny, a friend of mine. All right, you disappeared last night. What's wrong with me going to sleep? Tonight. <laughs> you were definitely pretending to fall asleep. Why are you making it weirder than it already is? Why is it weird in the first place? <laughs> Action! Oh! You see, Tyler, you're not the only black man here. I don't know. Grab his jacket. Give me his clothes. No, I'm dying! Tyler, never trust the white man. They will let you die in the wilderness. <laughs> This is uh, writer-director Sebastian Silva, who we love, who is really, really talented at looking at pretty ordinary conversations and ordinary situations and making them just really uncomfortable. Yeah, kind of d diving into social anxieties, social situations, and then throwing, usually throwing a, a real curveball that mm -hmm. you didn't see coming, mm -hmm. especially in Nasty Baby. Anybody that <laughs> saw Nasty Baby, wow, it went somewhere in the third in the third act of that that I don't think anybody saw coming. I didn't. And then a few years before that, we both loved the movie he did called The Maid. The Maid. Oh my god. That it's one just was awesome. more straight up it, funny. Yeah, and it was all but it was so naturalistic. Yeah. It, I mean it, it was it was unexpected. But he's got this real keen eye for looking at things uh, just in a different way. And this one focuses on Tyler, who's played by Jason Mitchell, who is always good. He is I mean, always good. He, he's usually in a supporting role, but you go back and, and the things that we've seen him in, going back to when he played Easy e oh, he was straight so out great. of Compton, he was fantastic. He was great. Detroit. Detroit. Uh, he had um, a small part in Keanu. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Um, he's just, he's always solid. This is the first time that I've seen him. Mudbound. I knew there was Mudbound. another great one. He was so oh, good in Mudbound. So great in Mudbound. That whole ensemble was great. But this is the first time that I've seen him lead a movie. He's mm -hmm. the lead, and he carries it. He elevates it. He is Tyler, who is grateful to get out of the house because his house has been kind of overtaken by his in-laws. Mm. So he wants to get out of there. And uh, he goes, follows his friend John on a birthday trip to the Catskills. But it's not John's birthday. It's John's friend Pete's birthday, who's played by Caleb Landry-Jones, who uh, is a, a guy that you'll recognize. Yeah. So then right away, Tyler is meeting a bunch of new people, just new guys after new guys after new guys, and they're all white. And as things, as they all move into this this home in the, uh, in the Catskills, and, you know, little snubs 
just start stacking up. Even at the beginning when one of the guys, hey, Tyrone, you know, and I see he laughs as well. It's, you know, it's Tyler, actually. Oh, my bad. And then just look. Those my bads. They yeah. just, they just, they the stack my, up. The my bads and the, oh, he didn't mean anything by mm-hmm. that. And, and so Silva plays on your expectations and he plays on Mitchell's great performance because right away, he makes Tyler very sympathetic, and Silva uses that to his advantage. And he had he had to get someone with a, a, a ta- an actor as talented as Mitchell to do this, because then you know you think as as Silva usually does, you think you know where it's going. You're afraid maybe of where it might be going, but it's going somewhere else. Yeah, and it's it just becomes nerve wracking and awkward, funny sometimes, but it's all a big metaphor inside that that home that they're staying in for this party. It's just one big metaphor mm-hmm. for our race relations. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I forgot to forgot to mention that the setting is the weekend of Trump's inauguration. Right, 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 right. So, I mean, you hear that playing out in the TV in the background. So that just really adds to it. So it's, it's perceptive in a subtle, sly way. And it's funny because one of the things that I've seen in the, in the press that I've seen from this movie, and it's understandable, it gets, it's going to get compared to Get Out. Well, right, especially with Caleb Landry-Jones exactly. in the middle of it. That just, just kind of adds to it. But it's very, very different from Get Out. But then I, I think Silva knows that and is going after that because he's almost, he almost wants to get you to think about why did Get Out resonate so brilliantly? Mm-hmm. What was it? And he's taking a much more subtle uh, approach to having you think about just the little everyday things that goes on, go, the things that go on, and the I, I kind of called it in my written review on MadWolf.com the privilege of confidence. Yeah. To say that just oh everything's fine mm-hmm. because you think it's fine mm-hmm. and maybe it's not fine. Right. And the little things that go on every day and the little affronts to identity when you're trying to hold on to yours when it seems everybody around you is maybe trying to absorb yours a little bit. And it's it's really perceptive and really well done. Anne Dowd pops up. Love her. Yeah, as a little side twist, a little uh, plot twist. She's a neighbor down the road in the Catskills home where they're staying. So, yeah, she's great. Uh, and it's, it's one that is, it, I, I certainly would not call this a horror movie in any way, but it's, it gets on your nerves. Mm-hmm. You're, you're afraid Works what's going to happen here because you got this house full of bros and there's a lot of drinking. And yeah, he's he's the only one. He's the only African American in this, this sea of white faces. And it's a really, I think, a very effective uh, metaphor for relate race relations today. And another great performance from Jason Mitchell. Glad to see him get a lead. Hopefully yeah. he'll, he'll get more. Yeah. Uh, and definitely would recommend uh, Tyrell opening in limited release this week. And we've got a couple of documentaries opening in limited release. Uh, the first one, an intimate look at the life and work of Greek-American opera singer Maria Callas, as told in her own words. It's called Maria by Callas. Leonard Bernstein calls Adam Callas pure electricity. I'm not answering any interview. Now stop it. When you push me around, I don't like it. I cannot do those lousy performances. I want new performances. Days well. You really did fire Maria Callas from the Metropolitan. Maria Callas isn't fired. Maria Callas is severed. Glory goes to people's heads, not my head. Glory terrifies me. Christy Robb reviewed this one for us, and one of the reasons that that was a good decision on our part is that she knows Maria Callas. She is a fan. Uh, she's an opera fan, and, and we are not. No. No, so... Uh, I mean, she... I certainly was aware of Maria Callas, but uh, yeah, it's it's nice to get somebody who is, is a lot more of a... Of a 
grounding, a yeah. lot more of an anchor in that story. And one of the things that she she thought, thought about the film, that it was a very solid film, but filmmaker Tom Wolf goes out of his way to ensure that Callus's story is being told by Callus, right? But that kind of gives the whole movie a, a superficial quality because a lot of what she seemed to be was spin. She presented herself in a certain way, and so um, you just never feel like you get underneath of that. Yeah, and you get some surprising tidbits about her social life, but um, in that regard, about it uh, telling it in her own words, it reminded me of a documentary from, I believe, last year, the one about Hedy Lamarr. Yes, yeah. Where they used this long-lost, taped, audio-taped right, interview right, right. that they were able to use. Now, it, they didn't use it as much maybe as as they do with in this movie with or as, in as her own exclusively words. yeah as exclusively it is an interesting uh, track to mm-hmm, take if mm-hmm. you if you have that if you have that treasure trove of material where you can let somebody tell their story in their own words but again if that's all you focus on then you're you're probably missing some layers that mm-hmm. might add to the the well-rounded um you know experience that a viewer will get yeah and it certainly has some uh, incredible uh, performance yes. material yes. Uh, from Maria Callas. So definitely, if you're a fan, you want to check that out. Maria by Callas. And another documentary is one that explores the rise and fall of the late Roger Ailes, from his early media influence on the Nixon presidency to his controversial leadership at Fox News. It's called Divide and Conquer, the story of Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes, the most powerful man in media. Roger was the producer on the Mike Douglas show. He pulled Nixon into his office. You need a media advisor. What's a media advisor, Roger? I am. And it worked. Roger Ailes helped to create three Republican presidents. All these senators and congressmen. Big Rod. He was like a kingmaker. Roger Ailes was profoundly paranoid. I was told Roger has this place bugged. He carried a gun at all times. He was convinced that Al-Qaeda was trying to kill him. I think Roger was a kind of genius. It's easy to make somebody into a monster. It's hard to see that you're on that path, too. This one was reviewed by uh, our Mad Wolf writer, Matt Wiener, mm-hmm. and you can find his written review at madwolf.com. He certainly liked it, and it... It surprised me because this one focuses a lot on Ailes' downfall from the sexual harassment allegations. And I think one of the things that that uh, makes that sweet, in a way, is that the the director is a woman, and that you know, and that so much of the film is about Roger Ailes determining the story, the narrative that people are hearing, and it it is kind of nice that a woman is at this point determining. The story of Roger Ailes yeah, that you are hearing. Alexis Bloom is the uh, director here. That is, that's a very good point, a little piece of irony that is certainly not lost if you see some of the just despicable allegations that are made. Yes. Um, and, you know, and regardless of your political stance, right. whether you're a Fox News fan or not, this is a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, these, these sexual harassment allegations and some of the lengths that he went to and uh, just, just, yeah, it's it's pretty stomach-turning, some of it. Well, it's funny because we recently watched Vice. I was just going to bring that has, up. You know, he's got a small, you know, the, Roger Ailes figures into the yeah. film Vice a little bit. So it's just interesting to see really the the impact, yeah. you know, that this one human being was able to have on uh, really the development of, of the American culture. Yeah. And um, not necessarily, I mean, from my perspective, not in any way, for the, for the better. Oh, I totally agree. 
and it's it's interesting because so many it's it's not just Roger Ailes. Of course, Bill O'Reilly was brought down uh, that way off of Fox News, but uh, he was certainly at the head of it. And yeah, I was going to say the same thing about his character popping up in Vice because he's just in it for for a second, really. Right. But what they say about him as mm-hmm. he walks away. Yeah. How early in his career, how they summed him up is is very interesting. And, and, and also how early in his career he he wanted to launch a right wing specific voice yeah. in in journalism. Yeah. Yeah. And this is an effective documentary. If, if this is up your alley, you definitely want to check it out. Divide and conquer the story of Roger Ailes. And speaking of vice, it leads the Golden Globe nominations that just came out this week. Uh, not only for drama, but uh, the actors in that. Well, Christian Bale as uh, Dick Cheney is yeah. just really the whole ensemble. Yes. In that oh movie my God, is Amy insane. Adams. You know what? Christian Bale, right from from the trailer, you're like, that's Christian Bale. I know. That's not I know. Dick Cheney. And the but makeup, honestly, the makeup jobs are great, not only for Dick Cheney, but Steve Carell plays Donald Rumsfeld. Looks just like him. And by the end, it's of, eerie. by the end of the movie, they have him looking. I thought exactly like Donald Rumsfeld looked toward the end of that his his uh, time in in office. There. And he was great. Sam Rockwell was great, and Christian Bale, of course, is always great. But for me, for my money, Amy Adams. Amy Adams she was just great, yeah. she she just stole every scene. She was brilliant. Fantastic. Well, also we also liked to see. We're happy to see uh, Elsie Fisher from Eighth Grade yes. get a nomination. Yeah, um, I was happy about yeah, that. Now the one I did. I'm not surprised by Rami Malek playing mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury. Uh, I'm surprised about Bohemian Rhapsody. I am, too, about the movie. Yeah. Because I have no qualms with him getting nominated, but the movie as a whole, no. I, yeah. I just don't 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 see it up there. Uh, but I think I think Vice and A Star Is Born. They're the yeah. movies. They're the two to to beat this year. I was I was sorry not to see Tony Collette get for Hereditary. Re- because I was the too. thing is, um, the thing about the Golden Globes is that you they give you ten options for lead. You get five for obviously not comedy or musical, but I mean it, it helps to spread out. So I was really hoping to see her get one of those uh, yeah. for Hereditary, and I was also sad, and I'm I'm afraid this is going to happen with the Oscars as well. Roma, which right now is my number one best film of 2018, Pro- probably mine too. Roma uh, got nominated for best foreign language film, and so often yeah. that basically eliminates your opportunity for best film, and it did not get nominated for Best Film right, for a Golden Globe. But it did get nominated. Koran got nominated as director. well he should for yeah. director. It also got nominated for screenplay. So yeah, I was surprised at that as well. On a happy note, I was glad to see Charlize Theron get uh, singled out for Tully. Yeah. The movie got forgotten, yeah. but she was very good. As she always is. We were talking about that. I mean, she's won an Oscar, and still she seems like one of those people that, yeah. that gets underestimated. I think she is. And I'm also very interested to see you know, the, the uh, triumvirate of ladies in the favorite and how it works out because they all got nominated. Mm. Olivia Col- Olivia Coleman for lead and then the two supporting Rachel Wise and Emma Stone. They're all fantastic. They are. And I hope when it comes down to it they don't end up canceling each other out. Oh yeah, no, I agree with they you. all deserve notice in their in their own way. It's it's, it's an amazing set of performances it is. in that movie. It is. You know, and and, I'm, and I'm, they're so Funny. It's great to see. I love when comic performances are acknowledged because so often they're not. And I, you know, we'll talk more about that movie in depth in a couple of weeks, uh, or maybe next week. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad to see because Rachel Wise and Emma Stone both have an Oscar already. Olivia Coleman, if you're not familiar with her work, she's she's been around forever. She's probably one of those faces that you would see. Yeah. She's always good. Always. And this is one where she's hopefully finally going to get her due. Yeah. So, if we have to pick one to really get the due, I'm glad it's her yeah. because I'm not sure she even though she's nominated for a lead, I'm not sure how much more screen time in that movie she has than the other two. You know, I, but, I, I, I'm going to say this. I think 
like she has less screen time than either of the other two. But and if, I feel like the studio pushed her as lead because they think the lead category is too tough and she doesn't have a shot well, maybe. of winning. But I'm, I'm hopeful that she gets the, finally some recognition that yeah. she deserves because yeah. she is great and the movie is great. Yeah. And we'll talk about that next week. So lots going on. And also we should mention this as we're taping this. Just came down today that Kevin Hart, he got the job yesterday for to host the Oscars, and today he had to pull out. He, yeah. st- he stepped down for some old tweets, so we'll see who, who takes his place. Uh, I was looking forward to that. I think he's very funny. He is and funny. very personable and very, you know, very easily to, easy to like. So I was looking forward to him doing the hosting duties this year, but we shall see. We'll keep you, keep you posted on that. So as we said, it's a quiet week this week uh, for new releases, but let's go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. First up in the lobby, out on DVD, home video, Mission Impossible Fallout. Boy, you want an action movie? As I said in my written review, this one delivers the GD mail. It just does. It does. Doesn't it? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And if you're a fan of the entire franchise, there are a lot of callbacks. But, you know, let's be honest, it's a Mission Impossible movie. So it's a convoluted mess of a story, but who cares? I I think this is good enough to make, at least to make me rethink the entire franchise. I mean, wow. It really brought it. It really brought it. So uh, big, big uh, recommendation there. The Happy Time Murders is out this week. Now this is the one with the the, the foul mouth puppets and, and <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. I got to tell you, when I saw, I think we were both. Oh yeah, the trailer. Well, the trailer. I wanted to see it immediately. I was so excited. And unfortunately, it didn't deliver the constant hilarity no. I was hoping no. for. Love the premise, mm-hmm. a film noir with foul mouth puppets and Melissa McCarthy. I, but and it it has its laughs. But after that trailer, I, I just thought it was a, a, a bit of a letdown. You know, honestly, I just think the writing wasn't there. There are too many times where you can tell from sort of the reaction shot and the camera that it's supposed to be a funny joke, but the joke doesn't land because it's just not that strong. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the puppetry, that's hilarious and insane <laughs> and a brilliant is. idea. And, of course, Melissa McCarthy is always great. Oh, yeah. Uh, it just I just think the writing wasn't there. It wasn't, wasn't as funny as uh, the trailer led us to believe. Also out this week, Operation Finale. This one kind of slipped through the cracks. It's uh, the story of the capture of Adolf Eichmann, uh, the architect of the Holocaust, and it just features two magnificent performances. Um, I was hoping maybe they they could get some some award consideration. We will see. There's a lot of competition out there, but it's Oscar Isaac going mano a mano with uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. And so the talent there... Yeah, that's insane. I mean, the rest of the movie, it, it holds up. It, it's it's not great as a historical drama, but it's pretty darn good. But these two actors, especially when it's just them sure. going toe-to-toe, um, is, is phenomenal because that's how good they are. So for that alone, we recommend Operation Finale. One that we liked better than a lot of people because, boy, the knives came out for this movie... <laughs> Uh, the Nun. Certainly not great, no, but it's not. it's not as horrible as a lot of people might have no, you believe. I, I really, I thought it was just kind of a fun time waster. And especially as that, as that in that universe, so not necessarily the Conjuring universe, but it's not as good as the Conjuring films, but it's it, as the Annabelle films go, as the you know the spinoff movies go. It is. It's a time waster. It looks good. The when they're inside, it looks like a Hammer horror movie. So that's always fun. It's predictable, but um, uh, yeah, I didn't hate it. And it's not, from your perspective, it's not embarrassing in its handling of Catholic tenets. That's exactly <laughs> correct. One of the things that drove me crazy about Annabelle Creation doesn't drive me crazy about this one. <laughs> I remember watching that. I thought you were going to get up and kill somebody. 
<laughs> a non-taking confession. You were just like... <laughs> it just doesn't happen, people. Uh, and also out this week, another documentary, this one called McQueen. Not about Steve McQueen, but about the fashion designer. Yeah, it's a fascinating story about, uh, you know, about this uh, this very interesting human being and kind of the, the pathos behind the style. A pretty decent group out um, on home video this week. Yeah, absolutely. Decent, some decent choices to uh, check out. Next week, it's going to ramp up again. We've had these two quiet weeks, but boy, we've got some coming next week, including Vox Lux, which we just saw the other night. The Favorite is coming out, yep. which we just yep. talked about. Roma is out, yes. which we love so much. We'll talk about that. Also, a new one uh, from Clint Eastwood, also starring Bradley Cooper, called The Mule. Got a movie called Mortal Engines. And a new Spider-Man. We actually see this uh, tomorrow. Yeah, Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, an animated Spider-Man. So a lot to get into next week. Until then, let us know what you thought about this week's movies or what you're looking forward to or anything. of The Golden Globes, the uh, Oscar host, whatever. We love to keep the conversation going on Twitter. You can find us at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D. W-O-L-F, also on Facebook and Instagram. We're Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website where you can find all of our written reviews and other fun stuff, including our horror movie-only podcast called Fright Club. That's all available right there at madwolf.com. So we look forward to talking to you uh, then on the interwebs and next week right here on the podcast. And until then, The Screening Room is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and brought to you by Marcus Crosswoods Theater. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is The Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap.